So the Kohanim had to wash their hands and feet every time they were going to go into the Oihel Moyed, right? Well, we'll see that Rashi explains it's not that simple. And he teaches us a very interesting distinction between how Kohanim prepared to work in the courtyard around the Mizbeach and how they had to prepare in order to go into the Mishkan. There's a deep spiritual lesson in the two different ways or two different areas in which we serve Hashem that we can derive from this. So it all starts on the Pasuk in our parasha, in Pasuk, that it says whenever they would come into the Oihel Moed, which is the internal structure of the Mishkan, they would have to wash their hands and feet, and then that would uh, keep them alive. Or, separate example, or when they approach the Mizbech in order to serve, to bring the fiery offerings to Hashem. So that pasuk shtoltzach Rashi of Devarim b'voyim el oyel moyed. Rashi takes those words when they come into the oyel moyed. Luzma Farish explains that what does it mean to come into the oyel moyed? It means lahakter shachrus avenu arboyim ketoyrus. It means to bring the ketoyrus which happened every single morning and every single afternoon. Oy, or it could also mean something far less common. Lahazos b'dam parakoyin hamashiach usirei avodazara that there were certain times where there were certain offerings that they had a sprinkle of blood of those offerings inside the oil moed. Question is, what's bothering Rashi about this pasuk? Vos is dashverim pasuk vazashi kumfarim for mitzayim pirush. What's difficult to understand about the pasuk that says when they come into the oil moed they have to wash their hands and feet? Rashi has to explain where and when that is. So we're first going to look at how some of the Mephoshim offer an explanation. The Rebbe will not accept this as the full explanation. Mephoshim say, Rashi wants to address the following issue. We shouldn't read this Pasuk that says, that when they come into the oil moed, they have to first wash hands and feet, and think, So we shouldn't think that if a person entered into the oil moed, Stam without a particular purpose, and they hadn't washed their hands and feet, that that, that would be a capital offense. In other words, if a person entered oil moed without having first washed hands and feet, but doesn't participate in an avoidance, so Rashi wants us to know that would not be a case where you have to worry about them dying. And the truth is that that seems the simplest way to explain the Pasuk. This is what would seem to be implied in the simple expression of the Pasuk. When they enter, without qualifying what they're entering for, that's when they have to wash their hands and feet, etc. So neat, and that's different to how the description is for the Mizbech, where it says for the Pasuk, the Pasuk says clearly that they have to wash hands and feet before they come to serve. So there qualifies it, that they're approaching the Mizbech to serve, and in the Oyel Moed it leaves it open-ended. And because it's open that might seem to imply as the etzem just simply entering the oil moid. Even if it's not while on duty, you would think that in order to enter oil moid, regardless of the purpose, you'd have to as a coin wash your hands and feet first. Therefore, say the Mephoshim, Zorch Rashi, as the Bevoyam Oihel Moed meant, that no, that's not what the Pasuk means. Rather, when the Pasuk says you have to wash hands and feet before you enter the Oihel Moed, Rashi qualifies that specifically, Lahaktir Chulei, Oilahazes Chulei. Either because you're bringing Keturus or you're sprinkling the, the blood of these unique Karbonos. And therefore, Rashi is qualifying for us that it's only a capital offense to do Avoida in the Oihel Moed without washing hands and feet first. That's how the Mephoshim explain it. But we really need to understand if this satisfies the issue of what's bothering Rashi about the Pasuk. Well, for two primary reasons. Aleph, number one. Okay, let's say that Rashi is explaining to us that entering the Oyel Moed Stam is not a capital offense if one hasn't washed hands and feet. Well, then that flips the question right around. Where indeed does Rashi understand in the simplest understanding of the words that you are not for just simply entering the Oyel Moed? Which is because that actually seems to be the exact opposite of what the simple understanding of the Pasuk says, as we've just quoted. That just entering, it doesn't say is to serve, it just says entering the Oyomoid is already something that a person would have had to wash their hands and feet. So why would Rashi now give an explanation which is against the Pshat? 
If you come from a perspective of the intricate halachic analysis of a pasuk, fine. In Lenin Alpiderich Halochi is Dasfora, you could give a rational explanation following the halachic path and Torah interpretation. As the word Lishoris, we will say, the word Lishoris, which, which appears later in the pasuk and means to serve, but actually is also to contextualize the first part of the pasuk. And the Pirush HaKosif is, in, in other words, the Pasuk is saying, that if you enter the Oyo Moed, just like when you serve at the Mizbech, to be part of the service, then you have to wash hands and feet. So, okay, we could explain that that's maybe a way to interpret the Pasuk, but that's not Pshat. Ober. First of all, if that is what Rashi really believes, that the word Lesharis is the key to understanding under what circumstances you have to wash hands and feet before entering the Ohel Moed, then he should have included the word Lesharis as part of the Dibra Maschil. Rashi doesn't do that. So instead, the headline of his Rashi commentary is just the words when you enter the Oyel Moed. And he doesn't even hint at the word Lesharis with an etc. Is Muchach that? tells us as blois von de verte bevoyam el oihel moed alein that just seeing just those words when they come into the oihel moed without any other information vasement as the bevoyam is the hakter chule that already tells me that they're entering in order to serve either by bringing katoris or sprinkling the blood of these unusual carbonos but besides that is in pshutoi shal mikra if you want to understand the Pasuk in its simplest form, which is Rashi's approach, It really is far-fetched to say that the Pshat of the word Lashares later on in the context of the Mizbech is actually also referring back to the context of Oyel Moed. Because then the Pasuk would have actually said it in a much neater way. When they enter the Oyel Moed. Or they approach the Mizbech Lashares to serve. Then they should make sure first to wash their hands and feet in order not to chas So, it doesn't really seem to fit with Rashi's approach, which is the Pshat approach, to borrow the word Lashares to define for us when Bavoyam means. And that's how Rashi knows that it's specifically when you're coming to serve. So how does Rashi know that you only have to wash hands and feet if you're coming into Oyomoid to serve? Consider now that the Pasuk is effectively two major phrases. The first phrase is, when they come into Oyel Moed, they need to wash their hands and feet in order not to die. And then you have a separate phrase after that. Oi, alternatively, different scenario. When they approach the Mizbech in order to serve. The simplest understanding of the Psukim would indicate as that the word Lashores belongs to the second independent phrase and is not referred back to it to define for us what Bavoyam means. So, how does Rashi know that entering Oyel Moyed means to serve Katoris or the, the, the different bloods? That's Question number one on the Mephoshim who want to try and give us an easy explanation of what Rashi is bothered by and how he explains it. Number two, base. Let's go with the thinking of the Mephoshim, which is that Rashi wants us to know that don't interpret Bavoyam to mean just ordinary entering the Oyel Moyed needs to have, uh, you know, that you first wash your hands and feet, but it's specifically Avoida. If that's what Rashi wants to explain, he should have addressed it earlier. Where earlier? Go back a parasha. Parasha Tetzave tells us that Aaron and the Kohanim have to wear the appropriate uniforms when there too the Pasuk also gives two scenarios. When they enter Oyamoid, or when they approach the Mizbech to do the holy service. Now, there too, Bevoyam, at a superficial reading, sounds like even if they come in not to serve. So, why doesn't Rashi address it then and tell us, oh, Bevoyam, Oyamoid, there also means for service? 
Yet in that case, Rashi does not say that the word Bavoyam to enter the Oyal Moed means specifically to serve So why doesn't he address it the first time the issue of these two scenarios arises? And it would really be quite a stretch to suggest as we baldot as the pasuk nit mafsik tzvishim bevoyam aloyal meid or un oy begishtam lemizbech. You'll say, well, hang on a second. Over there in Tetzave, the Torah doesn't do such a strong separation between the two phrases entering oyal meid and serving in the, at the mizbech. Is as a poshut as the leshoyes bakedusha besim akasi batzitzich oichov bevoyam aloyal meid. And therefore, oh, in that case, it's really obvious that the word leshoyes refers to both phrases. And so, to enter oyal meid also means servants. Bees as Rashi has gone into my first, and Rashi doesn't even have to explain it. Look, that's a stretch. So, really, Rashi should have addressed the question in Pasha Tzitzave. He should have told us then that bevoyam is not biarekonis, but it's specifically leshoyes. He doesn't. So that's another reason why it doesn't seem that Rashi's opinion is that Bavoyam you might have misinterpreted to mean any time you enter the Oyamoid and it has to be explained. Okay, let's go further. You really can't argue as Rashi is listen to Shailozain de Kosalkadaitach as Bevoyam Alomoid meant Abirikonis. After we've looked at the technical reasons why it doesn't appear as if Rashi's interpretation of the Pasuk is to get away from a misunderstanding that Bevoyam Alomoid could have been interpreted as any time you walk into Oyamoid. Besides that, it's actually really difficult logically to think that this is what Rashi wanted to, to come explain. But is because let's think about it. It's how will you enter? This should have been the first question that crossed our minds as soon as we heard this. How would you ever enter into the Oyal Moed without a purpose? Which is completely impractical. The young child who's learning Chomosh already knows that Oyal Moed is a high priority area of holiness. And therefore, you don't just walk in to check it out. Das is Kishmoi. As the name indicates, an Oihel, it is a designated tent, Velchis Amoye, designated. You only enter under the circumstances that the Ebishter sets, when you can and how you can. On a haste, on a haste, dot Arangen. And, and when the Abisha tells you that you can go in, meet atachlis with a purpose. So it would be the f- most ridiculous suggestion that somebody, if you go into the oil moed, not to serve, but you're okay if you don't wash your hands and feet beforehand and you don't have to worry about dying. Well, why on earth would you go into the oil moed? In fact, the halach is clear. No person may enter the oil moed casually. On the ribelenum eforshim, which is why the Mephoshim, who now drilled down into the suggestion that Rashi wanted to say, don't think you have to wash hands and feet before you go in for nothing. The Mephoshim say, well, it's not really for nothing. As Rashi Kumemaitz, not, not for nothing in the, in the colloquial sense, that you actually just walk in and peer at the walls. But rather, but when a person wants to go into Ohel Moed in order to bow and prostrate themselves in front of Hashem, which is permissible. So that might be an alachic loophole. But in Pshat, the five-year-old, the ordinary person who's reading the Pasuk, in our minds, you don't enter the Ohel Moed unless it is with a very significant mandated pro, uh, purpose. There is no specific mandate that says, go into the Oyel Moed and prostrate yourself. And if you do want to prostrate yourself in Hashem's temple, it doesn't have to be inside the Oyel Moed. You can do that outdoors as well, as they did on Yom Kippur. So, in anybody's mind, you enter the Oyel Moed. Why? Because you're going to perform a service. So, therefore, Rashi doesn't have to say, don't think that Bevoyam means you're going in for nothing. Because Rashi assumes that we all know that you don't enter the Oyel Moed for nothing. And therefore, we all know that you enter the Oyel Moed for some kind of a service. 
question is, why does he pick these specific services? And what was bothering him that he had to tell us these services? So to get to that, we're going to ask a question about the fact that Rashi's language seems to be very long-winded and really unnecessary. Because, If Rashi, all he wanted to tell us was that when the Torah says over here, entering oil moid, first wash your hands and feet before you enter oil moid, is aknisa to ton di avoida bifnim, means entering specifically in order to do avoida. Well, Hatakitafzakabakitsi could have said that really succinctly. Bevoyam el oyamoid, quote the words from the Pasuk, say one word, Lishares. That would solve it all. Now we know that the Torah is telling us you may or you, you're required to wash your hands and feet before you enter the oyamoid for service. Why is Rashi going to so much detail? To bring a Torah in the morning and the evening. Or if you spring in Parakoin, uh, um, uh, what, what do you call it? The Parakoin Mashiach or the Sir Chatos. This is not the place where Rashi has to get into the details of which services were performed in Oihel Moyet. Now, Rashi will bring a Dugmois from Davoid Okay, let's even say for whatever reason Rashi wants to explain to us what used to happen inside the Oihel Moyet so you would have an idea of what kind of service a person would enter for. Isn't it moving? Still doesn't make sense. Aleph, firstly, Favos bring the D Dugmois Dafka. Why are these the examples? To bring Torres or sprinkle blood. Why doesn't he use something which is much more common, at least more common than sprinkling the blood of those korbanos? That is putting the lechem haponim every Shabbos onto the shulchan. Or preparing and lighting the menorah. Especially seeing as those are things we already know about long before we learn about ketores. Number two. The two examples, the latter examples that Rashi brings, which is the Parakoy Mashiach, extremely rare, or Sira Avodah extremely, extremely rare. Besides the fact that they're rare, we haven't heard about them yet at this point in Chumash. We have a long way to go till we find out about these Karbanas. So, so you're telling me that Rashi wants to now, in this Pasuk, preempt something we're going to learn much later on so that we know these avoiders exist. And then try and convince us that the Pasuk now is referring to something that there hasn't yet introduced to us. Why would he do that? And number three, In the first example of Keturus, Rashi gets into quite a bit of detail. We could have just said to bring Keturus. Why do we have to know when? That's incredibly odd. Surely this is really not the place to tell us how frequently or how many times a day the Keturus is brought. Especially when you consider we've just learned about the Keturus in the previous parasha and at the end of the previous parasha. As Keturus is Pamayim Bechol Yom and there we learned that you bring Keturus twice a day. So all Rashi had to say is, you come into the Oyomoid to bring Keturus. And we'll remember from last week's parasha, that's in the morning and in the afternoon. Put that all together. When you put together all of the details of what Rashi is saying and how much attention he's paying to what seems to be superficial to our, you know, our issue, washing hands and feet before you go into the into the oil moed. It all proves to us as Kavanas Rashi is neat to mad gizain as bevoyam al oil moed That all shows us that Rashi's objective over here is not to prove to us that entering the oil moed as described in this Pasuk is specifically to serve rather than to go in just to bow or do something else. On Afdem get Rashi Dugmois from Avidus Vifnim. And it's not just that and then Rashi is giving examples of what that looks like. Kataris is one of the things it looks like. Now, as it from is Dafka Rather, Rashi wants to tell you something that when you wash hands and feet going into the oil moed, and this is the clincher of what Rashi is telling us, 
you wash hands and feet going into Oihel Moed only for those avoiders I've just told you about. Either you wash hands and feet before lighting Keturus or offering Keturus in the morning and in the afternoon. The only other time you'd wash hands and feet before going into the Oihel Moed would be for those unusual bloods. The Parakon Mashiach or the, the goats, the, the Chatos of Avodah Zarah. In other words, we thought that Rashi was trying to tell us every time you go into the Oihel Moed, as long as it is for Avodah, you have to wash your hands and feet. It's exactly almost the opposite of what Rashi is telling us. The only time, says Rashi, when you have to wash hands and feet going into Oihel Moed is either before Keturus morning and evening or before those two unusual Korbanas. Now, why is that? The beer in them. So let's understand what Rashi is telling us. Is what Rashi is coming to answer about our Pasuk is not, oh, the sound of the word Bavoyam sounds generic. No, you need to know it's only when you're doing service that you have to wash hands and feet. That's not what Rashi is coming to explain. Rather, his question is, why is does the Pasuk have these two independent phrases? Bavoyam eloyal moyed. Wash hands and feet when you go into Oymoyed. And wash hands and feet independently when you come to serve by the Mizbech. So Rashi is wondering, why is it that the Torah is separating both the requirement to wash hands and feet in the two cases, Oymoyed or the Mizbech, and the warning of what happens if you don't wash hands and feet? Just say it all at once. Surely it's the same thing. You wash hands and feet before the Mizbech, before the Oyamoyed. Surely the Pasuk could have just combined them. Like it did when it described that the Kohanim have to be in uniform when they either enter Oyamoyed or serve at the Mizbech. How did the Pasuk there say it? Those clothes had to be on Aaron and his sons when they entered Oyamoyed. Or when they approach the Mizbech to serve. Could have said the same thing here. Especially because then you could have used those words to serve and to bring a fire to Hashem. That could have described not only what you do at the Mizbech as it currently does, but it could have also described what you do in the Oyal Mayad. So that's what bothers Rashi. Why is the Torah pulling apart two things that seem to really be under the same umbrella, wash your hands and feet before avoida. Avoida means entering oil moid or serving at the Mizbech. That's what pushes Rashi to say, that the Torah wants us to know there is a different type of obligation to wash hands and feet when we're talking about entering oil moid compared to the obligation to wash hands and feet before serving at the Mizbech. What's the difference? When the Torah describes that a Kohen has to wash hands and feet before servicing, sorry, before serving at the Mizbech, what it's telling us is washing hands and feet is a prerequisite to approach the Mizbech. And when you approach the Mizbech, that allows you the opportunity to serve Hashem and do the Avoidah. Therefore, seeing as the washing hands and feet is a prerequisite to approach the Mizbech, every time you approach the Mizbech, even multiple times a day in order to serve, you have to wash hands and feet again because the definition of washing hands and feet with regards to the Mizbech is it's a prerequisite to approaching the Mizbech. doesn't matter how many times you approach the Mizbech. If you've left and you're approaching again, wash hands and feet. Whereas when it comes to washing hands and feet before entering oil moed, is adin in the knisa. That is a prerequisite to enter the oil moed. Even though, as we know, you're entering not stum to look at the walls or even to bow, you're entering in order to serve Hashem. But the washing hands and feet is a prerequisite to the entry, not a prerequisite to the service. At the Mizbech, it's a prerequisite to the service. So each time you reapproach for service, wash again. Here's a prerequisite to the entry. 
Und als Bevoim ist gewesen, Jürgen zu kennen, dennoch sein kann man avoid das. If you wash your hands and feet before you enter oil moed, you could now do a whole series of avoid us under that one washing. Als jeder avoid us dort, sorry, der Chirvachitze ist dort, ist nicht adin in der avoid us bei oil moed. So, washing your hands and feet is not part of how you serve in the oil moed, which would then require you to wash your hands and feet before each unique thing. So, Lechem Aponim needs hands, and the Ketorius needs hands and feet, and the Menorah needs hands and feet. No. That's what the Torah says. The definition of when you have to wash hands and feet with regards to the oil moed is to get in. Once you're in, you could do multiple things and you're fine as long as you wash your hands and feet once. Why is that? So so why is there the distinction between wearing the Kohanim's garments, where it's exactly the same requirement to wear the Kohanim's garments if you are serving at the Mizbech or in Oihel Moed, as opposed to the Mechiv Rechitza, whereas when it comes to washing hands and feet, we have just identified that there is a different set of rules if you're approaching the Mizbech or if you're going inside Oihel Moed. The reason for that is movement by Pasch is actually quite simple to understand. Big de kihunas anigetsu da avoida gufa. Wearing the appropriate uniform is relevant to service in the, in the in, in, not only to service, but to the specific avoida, the specific type of service that a coin is doing at a particular time. Because the avoida mus giton veren zaintik on giton inti bigodim. It doesn't matter which avoida you are doing. The Torah requires that as a coin you have to wear the appropriate uniform to do that avoida, whichever avoida it is. So there would be no reason to distinguish this kind of avoider has one obligation, that kind of avoider has a different obligation. There's an overarching requirement to wear the appropriate garments when you're doing avoider, regardless which avoider. There's a common denominator, to serve in Hashem's holy place, you have to wear these clothes. But washing hands and feet is not part of the avoida. It's a preparation before you do the avoida. A koyen has to purify and clean himself before he could begin the avoida. The clothing is part of doing the avoida. The washing hands and feet is prior to doing the avoida. And so, 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 so then you could have in the, the prep for an avoider, it could be different depending on what avoider you're doing. And it's for very practical reasons. Just think for a moment what oil moid looks like and what the chotzer with the mizbech was looks like. If you're going into the oil moid, it's a secluded environment, nor far kehanim, it's off-limits to anybody else besides Kehanim. And you only go in and out of the oil moed for very brief visits. It makes sense. You wash your hands and feet once before you go in. Even if you're going to be doing multiple things, it's a very protected environment. The likelihood is that you won't contaminate your hands and feet. Whereas, by comparison, when the Koyan is working at the Mizbeach, that's outdoors in the Chotzer. Which is not limited only to Koyanim. There's also Levim over there who have to sing, and there's the Israelim bringing the Karbonas, their hands on, right? The owner of the Korban has to come right after the animal, put his hands on the animal. So that makes sense that you're constantly exposed. There's always the possibility of some level of contamination. So before the next avoider, you've got to wash your hands and feet again. So there's a logical distinction between how you prepare for Oihel Moyed, which will be protected, and how you prepare for the Mizbech, where you're constantly exposed and constantly have to re-prepare. With that in mind, says, that explains why Rashi used what we thought was a long-winded way of explaining things. Where he says, means It's to bring Keturus, and then he specifies in the morning and in the afternoon information we already know. Why does Rashi do that? Because he's telling us it's a timing thing, not an avoider thing. 
Rashi's intention is expressed in his words. That's what he wants us to know. What's unique about entering Oyomoid is the requirement to wash hands and feet applies only twice a day. The two times a day where the Kohanim go in to do all the various things that have to be done in Oyomoid, which is at the times where the Keturus is brought in the morning and afternoon. It's a very simple reason. When a Koyan finishes all of the duties of what had to be taken care of in Oyomoid in the morning, the Torah is going to speak pragmatically what happens next. He goes out. So logically, when the Koyan has to come back on duty in the afternoon to do the next set of Avoidas, He's been away from the Oyel Moid for a period of time and now it's at Sveta Kenisa to leave the Avoid from Ben Arboim. He's now re-entering afresh to the Oyel Moid for a new set of Avoida. And especially if you remember, we mentioned you're not allowed to just dawdle in the Oyel Moid. When you finish what you've had to do over there, you get out. So now logically, there's one group of Avoidas in the morning, so that's one time you enter, so you're going to enter, wash your hands and feet. There's another independent group of avoiders in the afternoon with a gap in between where you've left the oil mode because you're not allowed to hang around. So now you're coming back. Wash your hands and feet. So the time then you'd say but there are many things that you do in the morning and many things you do in the afternoon. Why did Rashi specify Dafka Katoris? Because Rashi's approach is that the very first thing Kohanim did in the Oyel Moyed on a daily basis was they brought the Keturus. So that must have been the first time they entered Oyel Moyed and the first time they required to wash hands and feet. We'll analyze this from a more specific halachic perspective shortly. So now, in Rashi's view, the first thing you've got to do in the morning is Keturus. So now you've washed your hands and feet in order to do the Keturus. You don't have to wash your hands and feet for any of the other things that you're going to do, be it preparing the menorah or the lechem aponim if it's that particular day, etc. Because the Torah only requires washing hands and feet when you enter Oyel Moed and you've entered. Of course, if another Koyan had to now enter the Oyel Moyer to do a different Avoider, obviously he'd have to wash. Because now he is entering Oyel Moyer, and that's the definition. When you enter Oyel Moyer, that's when you wash. But Rashi wants to illustrate to us what the Torah is telling us that we wouldn't have thought of or realized. The Chiddush of the Pasuk is that you wash hands and feet for the Oyel Moed when you enter as opposed to when you do an Avoida. Therefore, after the Kohen washes his hands on entrance into the Oyel as mentioned, he doesn't have to wash again for any of the other things that he does in the Oyel Moed. So now we've only really addressed the fact that he says Keturus in the morning. Why does Rashi also say Keturus in the afternoon? So it turns out by saying that the two major time frames are when you bring Keturus in the morning and Keturus in the afternoon is Rashi is not trying to tell us that it's because you're doing Keturus therefore you have to wash your hands and feet because that would imply that you have to wash your hands and feet in order to do Avoida. Now I made to onvise into Bashkintum's man of fun Rather, Rashi is trying to show us the time frames because Rashi is explaining that the Torah wants us to know you wash hands and feet on entry into the oil moid. When is entry? When it's Keturus in the morning and Keturus in the afternoon. Rashi says on a regular basis the Kohanim only entered the oil moid twice a day in the morning and in the afternoon, both tied to Keturus. And now you can also understand why Rashi adds these other far less frequent examples of the, 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 the bull brought by the Kohen Moshiach or the, um, the goats brought for Avodah Zorah. 
But the Avodas Biflim gave Nitarainim Klal from the Avodas Hakavoyes. He has to mention them because they don't fit into the daily service where only twice a day you enter the Oyam Hoyed and therefore only twice a day you have to wash hands and feet. In other words, Rashi is basically telling us there are two possible ways Kohanim would ever enter the Oyelmoid. One is There is the regular process of entering Oyelmoid which happens daily. You come in the morning and do the Keturus and everything else that goes with it. And in the afternoon and everything else that goes with it. So that's the most regular access to the Oyelmoid. And Beis when the then he says there's an alternative which is that you enter the oil moid for a very unique specific project which doesn't happen on a regular basis and that's represented by by the two examples that Rashi gives us what's Rashi's point? the point is Unlike the Mizbeach, where you have to make sure you have clean hands and feet before you do any avoid even if it's one after the next in the uh, oil moid, you just have to wash your hands and feet before you enter, even if you're going to do multiple things. Now, this is going to tell us something fascinating about Rashi's view halachically, and you'll see how it's different to the Rambam's view about one of the things that happened inside the oil moid. Let's see a fascinating insight from an halachic perspective based on what Rashi has just said. When it comes to Aaron's responsibility to do the avoider associated with the menorahs, when the Pasuk describes what Aaron had to do at the end of Pasha's Tetzave, it uses two expressions. One is, it tells us that he has to do an avoider with the menorah in the morning, and there, when it describes what he does in the early evening, late afternoon, it says, What's the difference? Everybody agrees means light the menorah. That's a debate between the Rambam and Rashi. The Rambam learned According to the Rambam, Hatava does, yes, include setting up and cleaning the menorah, but the objective is to light the menorah, and therefore, therefore the Rambam is of the view that the Koyen lit the menorah twice a day, both in the morning and the evening. Rashi, on the other hand, of course, is Pshat, therefore he's going to take a more... Um, a more Pshat translation of the word Behitivoy says it means that it means to clean out all the tools that are used to, to hold the oil of the menorah. Take out the old wicks that have burned through the night. And Rashi holds that the morning avoider was to clean and prepare the menorah, and the evening avoider was to light the menorah. You only lit it once a day. With that in mind, Rashi here sticks with his personal view, which is I think everybody would agree that according to Pshat, the menorah is there to be lit. So the primary avoider you do with the menorah is you light the menorah. Cleaning and preparing the wicks must qualify only as preparation for the lighting of the menorah, which is the primary responsibility. You've got to prepare the lamps so that they're ready to be lit. You can actually see this clearly in the various psukim that describe the menorah. You'll see something quite glaring. The idea of elevating the lamps, which basically means lighting the menorah, is repeated multiple times in the Torah. But the concept of atova, which Rashi calls cleaning and preparing the menorah, Verdemont is only mentioned out of Blois Einmol, only once. And that one time is not even in a conversation around the menorah. But it's like a sidebar in a different conversation around preparing the Mizbeach HaKetoros. And it's used as a time frame to let us know when it is that you bring Keturus in the morning. At the same time that you're preparing and cleaning the menorah, that's when you bring Keturus. Now, seeing as Rashi believes that Behetivoy means only cleaning and preparing and not lighting the menorah, that's why Rashi here in our uh, commentary says, 
As the Bevoyam Eloimoid is given, that the first time they would enter the Oyamoid the, the in the morning was for what purpose? To bring Keteris. Because Rashi tells us that what's the first and primary thing you do every single morning in the oil moed is you bring keteris. That's why the Kohen goes into the oil moed in the morning to make the keteris. You can't say that the primary focus of the Kohen's avoid in oil moed in the morning is because that's what is not an That's not an avoider. It's preparation for lighting the menorah much later on. So that's why Rashi is absolutely clear that if you want an example of the main purpose to enter the oil moed in the morning, and that's going to become the time slot that we use to say when you have to wash your hands and feet before you go into the oil moed, must be that you're going in to bring Keturus because to go in to prepare the menorah is not an avoider, it is a preparation for a later avoider. And as we've mentioned, Rashi does not want us to think that the Torah is requiring washing of the hands and feet so that you could bring a Torah. But really, all the Torah wants to tell us is when you enter the Oyal Moed, and we know that you have to wash hands and feet in order to enter. Rashi has to tell us when is the time that they went in the morning the time they would have to bring because as we've clearly explained Keturus is the first avoider therefore it's the first entry into the Mishka into the Oyamoyed therefore it's the first time you have to wash hands and feet now, once Rashi has used the Keturus as the one bookend to illustrate the first avoider that you do in the, in the oil moid, and therefore the first time you have to wash hands and feet, he uses the same example of the Keturus at the end of the day. Because one thing we know for sure from all the Psukim is that the timing of bringing Keturus coincides with the timing of lighting the menorah. The Pasuk says, when you light the menorah, that's when you bring Keturus. So therefore Rashi is quite comfortable to say the first time you go into the, into the oil moed is to bring Keturus. And the last time, or the second time, that you go into the oil moed is also to bring Keturus, which coincides also with the time that you're lighting the menorah. And we'll explain why he focuses on the Keturus rather than the menorah. The fact that Rashi says that you enter the Oyamoid in the morning for Keturus and in the afternoon for Keturus is Varash and Nemton, because Rashi's view is as the Pirish from the Psukim Beitivas and Neris Yaktirena, or Vahalis and Neris Benoiboim Yaktirena, the two different Psukim that say when you're cleaning the menorah, that's when you bring the Keturus. When you're lighting the menorah in the afternoon, that's when you bring the Keturus. It's not, Rashi says, because first you prepare the menorah. Then you bring Keturus. First you light the menorah. Then you bring Keturus. Now as the Yachterin Davkiton Vren in the Mzman Fun Hatova Vahadlaka, rather the Torah is telling us the time frame within which you bring Keturus must be within the same time frame that you're preparing or lighting the menorah. Aber die Aktora kommt früher und sie ist die erste Avoider, sei bei Beuker und sei bei Neuerbäum. Rashi's unique perspective is that actually Keturus precedes cleaning the menorah and in the afternoon precedes lighting the menorah. So both in the morning and in the afternoon, Keturus is the first Avoider you do. Therefore, seeing as the halacha is, you have to wash hands and feet before you enter the oil moed. And why do you enter the oil moed? For avoider. And which is the first avoider? Keturus. Therefore, what does Rashi say is the time where you wash hands and feet before going into the oil moed? Before Keturus in the morning and in the afternoon. And we can prove it. As we've mentioned, means Aleph only, it just means cleaning. And is therefore only a preamble, a precursor to the Avoida. So we have to accept then. Obviously, you first do the main Avoida. Haktoras haketoras, bringing the keteras. On as they know how to make of given dinaris beturachonets to dad lokasha ben arboim. And only after you've done what is real avoida, the keteras, then you have the luxury of doing something which is prep for another avoida, preparing the the menorah. 
Now, that's Beitivoy, right? That's the Pasuk that says Beitivoy, Saneris Yaktirena. When you prepare the menorah, you bring the Keturus. And we understand that it means you first bring the Keturus because you prioritize Avoida over preparation for Avoida. Straight after that, Vashtet Gleich Nachdem, the next Pasuk says, Vahale Sarnes Saneris Ben Arboim Yaktirena. Logic says that also implies first you bring the Keturus and then you do the Menorah because it's the same kind of language as the immediately preceding Pasuk which is clear that Keturus comes first. Therefore, the first thing you do when you come into Oyomoid in the morning is Keturus. The first thing you do when you come into Oyomoid in the afternoon is Keturus. Those are the two indicators that Rashi uses to tell us what our voida is in the Oyomoid on a regular basis and you have to wash hands and feet before you enter the Oyomoid so now Rashi's commentary makes sense. And it has a powerful spiritual lesson for us. The concept of washing hands and feet means before a Jewish person begins their service of Hashem, their holy service of Hashem, the Jew first has to wash away any negativity. Just like you clean your hands, you've got to clean away the shmutz, spiritual shmutz. So the Torah immediately identifies the different ways that you have to wash up before serving in the outer Mizbech or inside the Oyel Moyed. Which would be represented by the Keturus which is brought on the inner golden Mizbech. To understand that, what is the difference between the outer copper Mizbech and the inner golden Mizbech in spiritual terms? The distinction is Outside, you took animals and you sacrificed them on that Mizbeach. That represents the entire spiritual discipline of elevating the physical world to become holy. You take an animal, which is very much part of the physical world, and you put that animal into a context of holiness and burn it up in a fire of dedication to Hashem, it becomes elevated to become holy. Whereas the golden Mizbech indoors, you are not allowed to bring an animal sacrifice on that Mizbech. It's designated only for Keturus Vosinyona is Nitbirurim. Keturus does not represent working with, refining, and elevating the world, nor Hiskashus. Rather, it represents forging a deep, meaningful bond with Hashem. Keturus comes from the Lashem Bechad Ketiro Iskatarno, like Rabbi Shimba Yochoi said. I'm bound up with Hashem with a single knot. Keturus Kesher. It's the same kind of word. In other words, the inner Mizbech, the golden Mizbech, represents deepening our personal connection to Hashem. So these two altars speak to two different stages of our spiritual development. When we're talking about the altar which is outdoors, which is reserved for animals to try and transform them, that refers to a more superficial element of our emotional bond with our Yiddishkeit. Because it's a little bit more external, it allows us to engage the world and it gives us the opportunity and the responsibility to transform the world and make it holy. Whereas the inner golden altar, that represents the depth of our connection to Hashem or our, the depth of our emotion. Which is totally beyond getting its hands dirty in the world because that's the part of us that wants to connect us to Hashem. So in other words, there's an element of who we are that understands and appreciates the value of going out into the world and making the world a vessel for godliness. And there's a part of us that is that, the truest sense of who we are, which is we just want to be connected to Hashem. On the river. So therefore, when a person is at that stage or in that mode of behavior, which is associated with the more uh, outer dimensions of the heart, where we still relate to the physicality and the reality of this world. And if you relate to the world of Amelia, then there is susceptibility to negative things that could happen. We have to be really careful. So if I'm living in a spiritual reality where the world is still real and that's why I'm engaging the world and trying to transform it, I also have to know the world is real and therefore it brings a certain amount of danger. So every time I step out into the world, first wash hands and feet, first get rid of the schmutz, get rid of anything that's untoward so that I can go with the right attitude and have a healthy, powerful impact. 
when a person is at a higher dimension of service of Hashem, which is you working internally on this deep, meaningful connection to Hashem. At that point, the person is completely removed from the physicality of this world. So that person can just do one wash-off of all the schmutz once per avoida, and it works. Not thereby, but there's a warning label, which is, Occasionally, there are other kinds of avoida that you have to do. Even inside that oihel moyed higher reality, dafen haben abes under rechitz, and then you have to wash your hands again. What does that mean? If we're dealing with a kateris, what that represents is zaynis kashes meibishan. A person's bond with Hashem is genug de einzer kerechitza. So if you're at that level that you're working on deepening your bond, one work, one one uh, dose of cleansing away the negative is enough. But if a person has to do kapora, because that's what it is, avoid zara. They're bringing the blood of a chatos that was to atone for avoid zara. Now we're dealing with stuff that went wrong. Oh, you're going to step into the world of things that went wrong. You need another personal cleanse. Yes, you are somebody who's at the Keturus level, which means you are somebody who is pretty much distant, aloof from the world. And for Rabbi Frat, you certainly are very distant from anything negative. But if you have to take on the removal of something negative, it doesn't have to be negative from yourself, it could be negative from the society. Then you've got to be so careful that you are protected that it doesn't suck you down. That's why Rashi tells us if now you're going into the world of these places of bilti rotsa, of something which is negative that you're trying to correct, make sure to wash your hands and feet again. Because if you do this right, you'll bring more peace to the world. Because if it's Yerida Gedoyla Yoiser, if you're tackling something which is very off the, off the tracks, the result of how you fix and elevate and transform it will produce a much higher elevation. And when you look at the uh, the nature, just if you look at the how Sirei Avodah work, they have to be accompanied by and they have to follow a carbon oiler. That means Moisef Avodah oiler. It gives us the opportunity to elevate even higher. In other words, the lesson for us is that there's a big portion of our lives engaged with the world out there, the Avodah Sabirurim, and we have to know that every single time we engage with the world, we have to re-energize ourselves and get rid of anything that could be distracted. If we're fortunate enough to be at the level of Keturus, this tremendous connection to Hashem, we need less of that work. But then, and we all have this responsibility at times, when we have to engage with things that are outside of our personal lives, but are nonetheless not so healthy, when we engage with those things, we again need to do this introspection, make sure we're not coming from any inappropriate perspective or approach, and only that way can we succeed.